and welcome to Tabletop Game Talk, On Topic, a show where we talk about tabletop gaming topics of all kinds. I'm one of your hosts, Fletcher. I'm Kitty. And I'm Chris. This week, we're talking about how much better you can get at a given game. We've talked about luck in the past. This time, we're talking about skill. From your first game to your 10th, you'd expect to get better. But is it really your fault if you don't? Is there a cap on how good you can be at a particular game? Does practice make perfect? Or is it all just a roll of the dice? But first, as always, a thank you to our Patreon friends of the show, Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, the Heron Wentworth, and the Gift of Games and Grace Lake. Also, a huge thank you to all of our other patrons. Um, join us on Zoom. And if today's topic that we talked about isn't a compelling reason to join us on our live recordings, I don't know what is. Uh, and I don't even know. Well, we did two things. First of all, we had our grudge match on Azul. The three of us played Azul, and it was very close. We'll cover that in a second. But the most important conversation we had was front-loading washers. Um, versus top we're loaders. Not gonna, versus top loaders. And, and we're not even going to – I'm not going to tell you what the verdict was on that uh, because you should have been in like the live audience. I feel like my statement there says enough. <laughs> <laughs> but if you can't join us live, that's fine. You can join us on Discord. There's a link in the show notes. You can join us on in our BGA group. Um, it, in either case, if you ping Getty19 or myself, then we can add you to the BGA group. And that group is growing. I think we're over 40 people now. Um, we have well over 100 people in the Discord. So we just do a lot of playing games on the Discord now and reviewing stuff. Um, do a lot of talking about games. And yeah, I, I spend a lot of my day on Discord. Uh, eventually, I'm going to be fired. But I'm not yet. <laughs> So my day job is still paying the bills. But today is not that day. Today is would, not that day. Who would replace day. you, Chris, if they let you go? No one. Uh, you know something? That I, I am irreplaceable. Let's yeah. just face it. Yeah. So we're good. It's, it's all good. Uh, at a different note, so we played Azul. It took us a week uh, to play the first half of the game. And then the second half of the game, it took <laughs> us about 15, 20 minutes. Um, I blame Kitty for the delay because and, and I don't blame you you moved into a new house and I I mentioned pre-show that I was actually concerned I'm like maybe I should give her a call and see if she's all right but every once in a while you take a turn on BGA I'm like okay she's still alive because I just hadn't heard anything from you I'm like yeah she's just moving into a new house how's it going well I'm in a new location in the new house last week we were also recording from the new house but now here we are up in my space which might be where I record from now on, but we'll see um, how the climate control of this space and perhaps the echoiness comes across. I don't know. It's very <laughs> empty. You can see behind me, there's just a lot of U-Haul boxes still. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's a big open space. It looks as big as your old house. Like your entire house could fit in this space. It's not quite that big, but like the first floor of my old house could fit in this space. Yeah, it's a big... Yeah space but it has a lot of like gabled roofs here so like i'm sitting like this is a wall i'm touching a wall right now but it's also the ceiling uh, as as she <laughs> reaches up she's touching the wall yeah but that it looks great congratulations in the new house we may come in up and visit this weekend we'll see what the weather's like and you are definitely further away time wise but it's a very consistent time every time i check day or night no matter the you know you know when it is it's always an hour and 21 minutes Mm -hmm. So apparently it's just all, all it's back from roads. the middle of nowhere to the middle of nowhere. <laughs> middle of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> so like, all right, well, we're going to make this trip eventually. And I want to, we'd rather do it sooner than later. Cause um, our kids are loving being able to go outside now. And it seems like you guys have a place to go outside. So yeah. Spencer will take you down to show you our abandoned tennis court. That's you have a tennis court now. It's abandoned. It's more like a small pad of is concrete it, that somebody said once this was a tennis court. Yeah, it's ours. <laughs> you live in like a uh, haunted manor. I can't wait to visit. Um, I know. I'm, I'm just picturing. It's a little bit like. Please tell me you have um, a hedge. I, we do have. It's a, it's not a maze. It's just a plain old hedge. But there's a oh. hedge. <laughs> um, Scoring major points for haunted a manor. Overgrown reflecting pool. Heck it's a yeah. really bizarre little piece of property here it needs a lot of love and attention so no no it doesn't just let it all fall apart i feel like um, if i come to your house on haunted hill you're gonna betray me but we'll see what happens 
Uh, we've been watching Archive 13. No, Archive 81. Archive 13. Where did that come from? Archive 81. Have you guys watched this on Netflix? Is that the no. guy that is going through the like the found footage? Yes. Yes. It's good. Loved it. Um, yeah. But we're very concerned between that and um, Hill House. We're like, if there is any mold in this house, do we need to just burn it down right now? <laughs> 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 so... Um, there's that, but um, our problem doesn't seem to be mold. It seems to be the previous owner's cat dander. So if I sound a little hoarse, it's that. There's also a million trees that are raining down some sort of disgusting pollen on our house. <laughs> nature. Ugh. Who wants it? It's the I worst. Hate nature. It's the worst. <laughs> it's trying to kill me. So, you know, it started it. But yeah. Nature's fighting back. Trying to reclaim Sounds my haunted like the happening. house. How dare it? <laughs> <laughs> the villain is the wind. Well, like I say, I'm excited to see it. Um, uh, yeah, so I'll... I'll <laughs> I'm just interested to hear what the kids say about it after we leave. Because they're the most fun. Can Zachary we go back to the has, haunted house again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Zachary looks at everybody on a motorcycle and says, I just saw a bad guy. <laughs> Which I love. I just love. <laughs> Yep. And he calls all ants. He's like, that's my aunt. <laughs> like, all right. I'm Why do look kids my little love aunt. ants so much? I Whenever don't know, my kid but... finds an ant in the house, he's like, look, I made a new friend. And I'm like, your love... friend belongs outdoors. And he's like, I love <gasps> insects growing up. No. And also, if you found an ant in Texas, it was probably a fire ant and it would definitely sting you. Yeah. I like magnifying here are pretty glasses. Darn harmless. I'm a totally normal human sane person, but I grew up in, you know, Upper Peninsula, Michigan, and magnifying glass create lasers and lasers burn ants. And that's what we did one summer because, wow, this is cool. So I don't think that's psycho. psych. I, I, I didn't murder any other kinds of small animals. Except Besides, the normal it's only ones. one of the markers <laughs> the normal for being a serial killer. Except the normal <laughs> animals for murdering. Well, when you grow up in a rural <laughs> state, you you learn to hunt at six. Like that's just sort of what you do. So I don't. Know. I I would never. I don't hunt. I've never. I mean, I never found it interesting when I was a kid, and I still don't. Definitely don't find it interesting now. But I know Spencer does. Another one of my really good friends. He goes to the Upper Peninsula all the time and hunts. I'm just like, oh, I like venison jerky, but I don't want to shoot anything. So it on that note. Like <laughs> yeah. Speaking of work, our Azul grudge match. Um, the reason that we did this is because I came in last of the three of us, and Kitty came in first, and I couldn't let that stand. So I'm like, okay, we're playing a game between the three of us. Kitty, what were the scores? I'd have to check my email. I don't um, remember who won. The scores were 54, 53, 48. 54 was me, 53 was you, and 50, 48 was Fletcher with an asterisk. Because Fletcher <laughs> says he fat-fingered something and the phone screwed him. Yes, it did. We better just replay this game. This game <laughs> hey, is I, null. Strike I am 100%. it from the record. <laughs> well, well, Kitty's like, I lost because it was too hot in my attic. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm not saying I would have won the game. But I think I could have come in second or maybe tied with Kitty. I would, I would say that you probably had lost five points. Based on my calculations of the mistake, but I think which would have tied it, me, which would have tied, which would have with tied Kitty. Yeah. Yep. All right. Fine. We'll do another grudge match. <laughs> I think we should just keep playing Azul because it's fun and I yeah. like it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yep. But you know, whatever. Um, I have not been taking on more BGA games currently because my life is chaos. But you know, I'll play with you weirdos. So. All right. Well, we'll do. We'll It'll do, take I'll us start another, another week to finish one more game. Yeah, I'll put the three of us on a Zool game. I'll post the link in Discord. So if anyone wants to observe what's going on there, um, you're welcome to. But we will, our live show or the, the pre-show of whatever will always be the last round. Like we won't do the last round until the pre-show, which takes like five minutes if we're just doing one round. Uh, we ended up doing like three rounds tonight, I think. But it was only two. Was it two? It felt longer. It was really more like was one and a half. <laughs> Well, whatever it is. Um, I think that's kind of fun. Uh, and then we started a welcome to. I will be starting a Railroad Inc. tonight, I think. 
or maybe Lightning Steve will start that for me. Uh, Steve, if you wanted to start a Meteor one, I would join it as I speak to him in our live audience. And I think that's, I don't know, Fletcher, what did you do this week? What did I do this week? Um, so on Saturday, I went to a Cubs game, two Cubs games, actually, double header. One was rescheduled from Friday and uh, it, it, you know, it's that's good a lot to of have baseball. a friend that has a boat and it's good to have a friend that has season tickets to the Cubs. That's all I can say. Yeah, I can I can handle the Cubs. Well, I can handle baseball for seven innings. But once they stop serving, I'm like, uh, why are we still here? <laughs> once they stop serving, that's why you got to <laughs> go ahead of time and load up. Basically, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, Sunday was Mother's Day. So we did some stuff with my well, with my wife, obviously, and our and my mother-in-law. We got barbecue for Mother's Day. Everyone was really happy about that. Kitty picked And I saw Doctor Strange. First time back in the Ooh. theater, I saw Doctor Strange. It's been Wait, probably is this over the new Doctor years. Strange? What was that? I mean, I'm assuming it's the new Doctor Strange. Yeah, the new one. No, he went and saw the old one for the first I movie that know. he saw in two years. He was like, I, have- I would really love to see a repeat <laughs> of a Marvel movie from two years ago. <laughs> Yeah, but Kitty, I stopped listening to him once he said I saw. I, I didn't hear the rest of it. So I like the rivalry that we've created that the first movie I saw back after the pandemic was the Batman. And you went and got to go see a Marvel movie. So the feud continues. We've seen a couple. Um, but I want to know, how was Doctor Strange? It was good. I recommend it. It's uh, probably not the best movie, but it's a good movie. And it's the, it's the one that has, I don't know, the most thriller-y kind of horror-y um yeah. i like that a, yeah it's cool it's um it's very disconcerting obviously so, since i moved into like, a haunted house yeah there's yeah. even like a couple of jump scares in it so oh interesting i i don't i don't care if my marvel movies are good they just need to be fun like i don't analyze yeah i don't analyze my marvel movies i don't like I couldn't rank them for you if I tried, except for Thor Ragnarok. That's probably my favorite just because it's a comedy and I found it hilarious. But, um, and Guardians of the Galaxy 1 was also great, but again, a comedy. But yeah, I just, I mean, if they're fun, I will, I like them. There's not that much comedy in this one. There's some, but it, it's, it's light on the comedy. It's heavy on the action and that, like, the suspense. Yeah, but I like Doctor Strange. Like, I didn't know I liked Doctor Strange until he was in the MCU. And then I said, oh, I like Doctor Strange. I don't know if it's ben- Benedict Cumberbatch. That's right, right? Yes, um, correct. Nailed his, it. like, rendition of Doctor Strange is just really good. So He's a great actor. Right. Yeah. Uh, I would what watch did you a lot of Mother's weird Day, things. Sherlock was really fun. Yeah. What did I do for Mother's Day? Um, my family brought me donuts. No, it's a win. And we, we bought a new couch that won't be delivered for four to seven months. Nice. <laughs> Where is it from? Uh, it's a lazy boy couch. Wow. Yeah. Well, in seven months, you'll be sitting pretty. Um, She didn't want to promise us, but she said that because it's a stationary instead of a like reclining couch, that it would probably be closer to the four months. So only four months till I get my couch. Wow. But we really wanted like... Hell of a time to wait. Something we could not find. So it's a custom order. Um, we've lost our minds, you know, that was pretty evident from buying a haunted house, but, uh, we wanted a blood red couch to go in our haunted house. So. Oh, perfect. I love this theme you got going. <laughs> so you, I can come visit, but it's bring your own chairs. No, we have a lot of chairs. We just don't have any comfortable chairs. Got it. All right. <laughs> yeah. We bought a table. And it didn't have any chairs with it, but we had chairs in my mom's basement. So we brought those out. And then we were like, these chairs are terrible. So we bought other chairs and they're fine, but they're still not, they're like, you know, kitchen table chairs. They're not like comfy chairs. So there are two comfortable chairs in the house and me and Spencer keep carrying them around room to room wherever we're hanging out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, table talk, house talk. We will keep this going. It's a good segment for a while. Um, but let's talk about skill for a moment. Because I'm curious about this one. Um, Fletcher, skill cap. Define skill cap for me. Um, I don't know, actually. Uh, are you talking, is this for like per the game or per the person? Um, I think per the game. 
let's just let's take the person out of the equation and just focus on what is what is a skill cap for a particular game ah well i think the skill cap for a particular game is how good you can be possibly at a game before randomness takes over um so you have guilt you have games where it's you know checkers and chess where there's no hidden information and it's just pure 100 percent skill for both players usually the better player will win and then you have games like shoots and ladders where there is no skill you just roll dice until somebody wins or war i think that's yeah i think that's perfect kitty anything to add um i don't think so for a game <laughs> that that was a good definition i like I, that's perfect definition so it got me thinking because we've been playing a, a lot more games recently and some games we've been playing a lot um and we talk about i'll try not to name it more than like five times on the episode <laughs> but we've played it so much that it feels like many of us have hit the skill cap to that game now i don't know if that's true because there's a lot of variables in there like in mm-hmm. our group uh, we could be at a certain skill cap, but maybe if we went to a different group, they play a different way and they know how to do something that we don't know how to do, right? Or we don't use a particular strategy that someone else is using. And I would say there must be at least a little bit of that because if you're playing, you know, just us on BGA, we're talking about Railroad Inc. I don't think yeah. you said the name, actually. You just <laughs> you just alluded to it so heavily. But if you're here for the first time, it's railroading. It's all we talk about. I'm sorry. It's table talk, railroading talk. Um, but when we're playing on BGA, I'd say, you know, we all have kind of figured out how to play and it comes down to who gets the right pieces is who wins. You know, we set up strategies, we have these things that work and there's, you know, levels of like, you know, the same people kind of always win and you take turns of like who got the right pieces, who's got the role on the last turn, you know, is how it shakes out. But if you look on the app for the daily challenges, at least for me, I may not be the best in our group on BGA, but I feel like, you know, I win. I've won. I come in the top couple people. You're in the top. Yeah, you're in the top. I'm top tier. I'm putting myself in there. (laughs) (laughs) You can't stop me. Um, so yeah, I, I'm a good player, but I look on the app, I am not anywhere near the high scores on that app. And I don't know if that's just robots who are playing for, I don't know, whatever robot glory they play for. I don't understand why, (laughs) I don't understand why some games, like games that have no like rewards or anything still have like bots that just show up to be like, haha, I can be better than you humans. I don't know what their, you know, the motivation of the person who made this bot is, but whatever. Uh, there are still tons and tons of people who have much higher scores than me on a regular basis on this app. And, and I don't know, maybe I just need to keep playing. There is a skill cap that I haven't reached yet, but um, yeah. I don't know where I was going anymore. Yeah. No, no. And I think you made a good point. Like it is partly, and when you say get, gets the right pieces, it's get the right pieces for what you were trying to do. Cause everyone plays mm-hmm. the same pieces every round. So it's just, yeah. well, I'm going to do this. And if I get this or this, you know, and there are things that you can do. And this is, I'm trying not to say the name of the game specifically because I think it's generic enough where this can apply to a lot of different games. Yeah. But there are things that you can do that set you up. So you have more, especially when you have like um, randomness involved, that set you up so you have more options for different sides or different, you know, things that may come up that you need to deal with. And the more you're able to handle these options, the better you're going to be able to play because, you know, I don't need a specific role. I can get this role, this role, or this role, and I'm, I'm just still okay in all those situations. But there's still a cap to the scores that I've been able to achieve. Um, unless I get really lucky, I'm still always kind of in the same range depending on the version I'm I'm playing at the time. Um, so, it, and that got me thinking, why do we keep playing this game if we've hit potentially our skill cap with this particular game? Because it's not about improving, it's about having fun. How dare you? Games are not <laughs> fun. Who are you? <laughs> you're not winning, you're not having fun. We've covered this. <laughs> <laughs> but it actually, so 
here's the th- question for you, Fletcher, because you are not participating in this particular game, and we'll be talking about other games as well. Um, and because the first time you played this, you were bad. Now, we've got a lot of new players, <laughs> and the first time they play, um, they are not fantastic. Like, their scores will be in the 30s, and our scores will be in the 70s. And everyone's super friendly. Everyone's like, don't worry, the first few times it's confusing, but you'll get the hang of it, and you know, you're know you going to get there. Um, it's still fun to play with people, though. It's fun to play with like competing and having people push you. And there's a couple players that I'm like, I'm good. It, BGA says so. It says I'm a good player at this game. Um, <laughs> but these other players are beating me. I'm not just bragging. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. It's, the internet told me, so it's, it has to be true. Um, but I keep getting beat by some of these players and I'm just like, okay, we have to play again because now I have to beat them again. Even though I know that there's a certain amount amount of this is just, well, it's sort of luck of the draw and which one of our strategy is paying off. Um, just, I, I don't know. And then I started playing other games more frequently and it got me thinking, oh, I can get better at games, but I typically, and this is, I don't know if this has to do with skill cap or just blind beginner's luck or whatever, but I typically get worse the more I play some of these more complicated games. And I'm wondering kind of why that is. But imagine... (laughs) I don't know why you get worse. (laughs) (sighs) So the first time, I guess... All right, so let me use uh, Beyond the Sun as an example. Beyond the Sun, some people can describe it as like Tech Tree, the game. And it sort of is, but it's, it's a really, really good game. And the first time I played it, I'm pretty sure I won the ver- the first time I played it. And I didn't have the knowledge of, like, the strategies to play or what to do. I'm just like, oh, this seems to make sense. I'm going to do this. And this makes sense. I'm going to do this. And then I played it again. And Sydney had never played it before. But she beat me pretty handedly. Like, I lost really badly. And the first game I was playing, people who had played before, some people, a couple of them, I think. Um, so I'm like, huh. I don't know if I actually know how to play this game. I know I'm having fun playing it, but I know I don't know that I'm actually getting better playing it. And I've only played that one a couple times, and I think I would get better. But it feels like the less you know, maybe the better you are in some... I don't know. I might be rambling right now. Have you guys ever experienced that, though, where, like... And, and maybe this is just... I can grok a game early, but I don't necessarily get good at the game with repeated plays... Because I want to try different strategies. I was just going to say that you love to try different strategies. You don't go in and say, okay, this is what worked for me last time. I'll just do that again. You go, okay, well, that worked for me last time. But what if I do this? And so this is something that I do sometimes where there's like a learning curve where like you grok the game or you don't. Like you either start at like a high point or not. So let's say you start at the high point. You got it. You're in. And you're like, well, that worked, so now I'm going to try something different. And a lot of those times, the different doesn't work, and you get worse. And then once you try all the other different things, you're like, well, now I'm going to start doing the thing that worked for me, and you climb back up. (laughs) So there's like a, a dip at the beginning of like, I have to explore my options. Because there is a chance that, you know, what you tried the first time, it worked for you. There might have been a better way. And you do often climb past your beginning point so like you know say like there's a game with scores you start with a 60 and you won and then you start getting scores in the 40s but then eventually you can figure out how to get scores up in the 80s you know it it takes you time to to figure out what is working and what isn't and a lot of times it's easier to figure out what doesn't work (laughs) than to find the things that do and it results in bad scores for a while yeah Fletcher, uh, the term grok, are you familiar with it? Yes. Okay. Isn't it uh, for from, those who aren't um, Stranger in a Strange Land or something? Oh, uh, I don't know where it's from. You should be listening to our podcast since, I don't know, episode like 20 or something. <laughs> yeah, it was a long time ago. But it's generally a your initial understanding, how quickly you can understand the ins and outs of a game. Yeah. And I, I, I know what it means, but I was just trying to confirm where it comes from. I think it comes from a novel. It may. It may. Um, yeah. <laughs> but essentially, so I, I normally typically, like I say, I understand games pretty quickly, or at least I understand a strategy that I can take 
pretty quickly. And I just kind of follow that and I don't really overthink it. It's when I start overthinking that I can actually get worse. But I think you're right. You start overthinking, you start doing things, and eventually you end up yep. getting better. Sorry, it's just a closed right. loop. It, it was cloned by, yeah, it was coined by uh, Robert A. Heinlein, Heinlein, who wrote Stranger in a Strange Land, and that's where he coined the term grok as to understand. So Stranger in a Strange Land and Starship Troopers. Robert A. Yeah, Heinlein. I'm, I am impressed. I am thoroughly I'm impressed. Good at trivia. It's not bragging. <laughs> it's just the truth. <laughs> I am bad at but trivia. But did BGA tell you that you're good at trivia? Because yeah, until then, I don't know what that means. There's no evidence. No <laughs> we'll evidence. We'll have to play some sort of trivia game against each other to prove it. So, all right. So, it's, and then um, other games I've been playing recently. Um, I played Arc Nova a couple times. Uh, did I talk about Arc Nova last week? If you did, Maybe. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> well, Arc Nova is uh, we terraformed a zoo, and it's terraforming Mars with animals. Uh, it's fine. I think that I would play it if somebody set it up. It is, it is, it is one of those games where I'm like, okay, I understand why people like it. There's a lot of choices, lots of decisions. Um, and there's lots of very, very good, you know, mechanisms inside the game that are interesting. Um, and it has over 200 unique cards and you're looking for ways of optimizing your gameplay, essentially. All of that's fine. And the, but the more I play it, I've only played it twice. Uh, but the more I play it, the more I'm like, I don't feel like I'm good at this game. I feel like I'm not bad at it, but I don't actually feel like I could ever actually be good at it because the cards are so random. It's just kind of reaction. It's reactionary saying, okay, what can I do with what I have? And maybe I can optimize it and be better than other players, or maybe I don't because I just don't get what I need. But it wasn't all that satisfying to win in that game. Whereas Railroad Inc., I feel like since we all are playing with the same inputs, winning that feels more satisfying to me because I'm like, well, we all started with the same thing and I still ended up being better than somebody else. So that, that's and, and like Wingspan is another one. Let's use Wingspan as the example because I think more people have played it. Kitty, what's the skill cap on Wingspan? Like how many games do you have to play before you're like, okay, I get it. And now I'm just going for my strategies. And if it works, great. If it doesn't. Oh, oh, you know. I, I don't know. I don't feel like it's a very um, like your first game. You usually don't get it. It's a it's one that takes more than one play. Like I don't know. At least when I've been teaching it, maybe I'm just a bad teacher. <laughs> the first game <laughs> is usually like halfway through the first game where people are like, "Oh, now I get what I'm supposed to be doing." Like there's just too many kind of choices to make on a turn to really like you have to make each choice at least once before you're like okay now i know what all the things do um so i feel like nobody's very good at it the first time but usually by like two or three plays you know how to get points and you can you know pick away and do that or try to diversify and fail but yeah um, so that's my personal like wingspan <laughs> yeah wingspan i would say has a relatively low skill cap you can only get so good at it before you're like, okay, I can I can compete on this. Yeah. Now we're gonna get to strategy in a, in a second. Um, one of my favorite phrases that is absolutely not true is "practice makes perfect," and so we're gonna talk about that in a minute. Is it the of phrase why that, that pays is. though? Yeah, it's also it's it's a complete fallacy, um, which we're gonna get to in a, in a moment. But so is Fletcher another game that you're familiar with is um, Courtney says practice makes progress almost that's closer. Um, <laughs> but um, Fletcher, I can't wait to argue sushi- about this. I know I look, I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> um, sushi go party. What's the skill cap on that one? Cause there is a skill cap. There is skill to this one. Um, I would also say that it is relatively low and it is kind of by design because that's why, you know, it's it a has party, party in the name. Yep. Yeah. Um, but there's some skill to kind of like know in, in, in like poker in a way where it's like you have to know what kind of cards are already played, what kind of cards are you have, what kind of cards are like other people holding. Um, but generally, generally, it's generally it's pretty it's pretty low, especially if you have like a big group of people. If it's like two, maybe three people, then you can kind of like count cards a little bit better. Um, but if you're playing with eight people, it's like yeah, forget it. You're not going to be able to keep track of yeah, like it's just. It's yep. just too many. 
Now, I would like to say that luck and and skill, like luck versus skill cap, not skill, but skill cap, like how good can someone get at this game, are on opposite ends of a line. But I don't actually think that's true. Not all the time. There are times where, like, you know, poker is a great example of this. Um, poker has a fair amount of luck involved, but it also has a significant amount of skill involved. And if you're good, you can turn that luck to your favor. Now you have to play, you know, over a long period of time so that, you know, statistically it all comes, it all averages out, but you have, you have, um, the, the skill really matters. So if you're playing with a skilled poker player, you're going to lose your money. You may not lose a single hand because you might get lucky, but you're going to, over the course of the night, you're going to lose. So it's not really a luck versus skill thing because the skill cap in poker is immense, but the luck in poker is also very, very high, right? Yeah. And also the skilled player is going to lose less money over the night than you will too. Yes, exactly. And and that's that's really, it's, it makes a very interesting thing to look at here. Because let's take a look at Azul real quick. Because we just got done playing Azul. And when I first played Azul, I'm like, okay, this game is about Skittles. Not Skittles, uh, Starburst. Mm-hmm. And if I'm looking at playing Azul and I look at my board and each time it's my turn, I make the best move for me in the moment, I might be able to get better at that by identifying what is the best move. Do I try to match up the columns? Do I, I pick you know, starbursts that are the right color for my immediate scoring needs. But then once you start playing against someone who's good, you just constantly lose because you find that you're always, you always don't have a good choice because they hate you and they're making the best choice for them (laughs) and the whatever's going to be the worst choice for you at the same time. And I'm like, oh, this game's not only has a, there is skill involved. It's also super spiteful. Interesting. Yes. I must play be. again. <laughs> it gets extremely spiteful. <laughs> so where does where do you think that falls in the skill cap question? Like, how good can we get before we just keep passing the win around, depending on who gets first player and first choices? Well, even though you just won this last game, I did kind of like set it up to make you pain draw like those five blue tiles. That, that is true. You almost got Kitty the win. As I only won by one point. Yeah. I was yeah, like, well, you know, I- you're, you're really able to influence other people's scores almost as much as you can your own. Yeah. Which I think makes it interesting. All right. Let's talk about practice makes perfect. First of all, do any of us believe that statement is true? I believe what Christopher wrote in the chat is true. And um, is- so Christopher wrote, oh, what did Christopher write? Perfect practice makes perfect. So if you're practicing something the right way, then you will get better at it. If you have somebody who's teaching you who has skill or you are practicing something that, you know, is not, if you're practicing something wrong, you are going to not get better at it. (laughs) Yes. Um, Courtney actually mentioned, says practice makes progress, um, which is also, it's kind of a middle ground. Uh, The phrase that I actually like is practice makes permanent. The more you do something over and over and over, the more that's going to be what you do. And oftentimes, people will practice non-perfect things. So if you're playing a game and you're always losing, but you've been like, I've been, I've played this game 20 times and I still can't win. It's not the game. It's not even your understanding of the game. It's what you're doing is not leading to what you want to be able to do. So you need to change what you're doing. Right, you need to look out and see anything. Using Railroad Inc. as an example, one of the breakthrough moments, and and I think that's kind of the key. Is like you can you can kind of look at breakthrough moments. What did I learn about this particular game that made me better at it? With Azul, it was don't just draft what is going to work for me. Draft what's going to work for me, but also take a look and say, can I wait a turn and force someone else to take tiles that they have to take, and then I'll be able to take something next turn, which is even going to be better. That and that if you place tiles next to each other on the end of the round, you actually get scores for that. That that was something that was <laughs> worth learning. Um, in Railroad Inc., the breakthrough was don't try to go to the center of the board. L- like draw your routes around the edge of the board and connect as many exits as you can. Only, you know, like if, if you do that primarily, 
you will get much better points than if you say, okay, I'm going to go to the center and try to like fill up the board and connect that way because you typically are just going to have a bunch of empty routes. So someone who's like constantly wants to go to the center and get those, you know, nine points in the center, they're going to get less points. It's just, you know, and if you always do that, you're always going to get less points. It doesn't matter what the dice do. You can't, it's, it doesn't matter. It's like, well, the dice just didn't give me what I needed. That's true. But also you, you didn't set yourself up for those dice to give you what you needed. Um, so I'm going to pause there. And like, what do you think about these like breakthrough moments on these different games or any game really? Yeah. I mean, there's, if you find that you're getting stuck and you're always getting beaten, the thing to do is like, you know, Google it. Like what are some good strategies <laughs> overall to employ? Like you don't have to figure out everything yourself unless you really want to. But a lot of people, like a lot of the problem solving has been done for you already. You just need to employ it. The other thing is you don't even have to go that far. You don't have to Google it. You're losing to someone. Yeah. Who's better? Even if you're playing, like, (laughs) look at what the other player did. How did they beat me? Like, analyze what the other person is doing differently than you are. You know, I think if you're, it's not just that, like, you have the skill in a game, but learning how to learn a game in and of itself is a skill. It's not just applicable to Railroad Inc. or Azul or Wingspan. You learn how to learn a board game by playing more board games and learning more board games. It's the same skills that I learned in Wingspan. How do I apply different strategies? How do I look at what my opponents are doing? How do I maximize my own score while minimizing what other people can do? How do I manage my resources? All these kinds of things are applicable, not just in the one game, but in many, many different games that you play. Yeah. And I think that's really important. What you just said there of like, learn from the people who beat you. We've mentioned it before. It's a little art of war. Yeah. it's, (laughs) It's one of those things where if you play a game and you lose, that's fine. You can actually... In a lot of cases, once you get to a certain level in in your skill in any particular game, the only way you can get better is to play someone who's better than you. Because yeah. if you keep playing people who are not better than you, there's never a reason for you to try something that's going to get you more points or further down the track or whatever the case is. So you want to take every loss of a game as an opportunity to understand why you lost. And with all the games we've been playing lately, like... Um, I've been playing a lot of Nedevalier, and it is a card drafting set collection game with dwarves. It's it's way more fun than I just made it sound, but that's what it is. And I've been <laughs> in the middle of the pack or like near the bottom of that for the last like six games I've played. And I keep I'm like, all right, I know my strategy isn't working, but I'm having fun while playing it. So do I change my strategy so that I can win or am I still having fun? But now I'm like, I'm like, no, 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 something's wrong. Something's wrong because (laughs) I'm not winning, but I'm trying to win. So I have to like step back and be like, okay, what are, what are these other players doing that is getting them in a position where it's like, oh, they're just destroying me, right? It's, it's, I I don't have any chance. Uh, I just played Rallyman GT for the first time this week. Um, that game, that game burned my brain the first time. Like I had no idea what I was doing <laughs> at all. I've been, it's, this is a race car game and it's dice chucking and it is so ridiculously strategic that I'm just like, okay, I rolled this one die and everyone else is halfway around the track and I've wiped out at the starting line. <laughs> right. And, and so with that game, I'm like, I want to like this. I think there's something here. And I ended up watching a video, reading the rules, and playing three solo games by myself to try to figure out how to drive these cars. And now I'm like, okay, now I'm ready. Now I'm ready. I can play this game at a level where I'm like, at least I can go forward. (laughs) I use that as an example because I think a lot of people can feel that way when they play a new game, especially with experienced players of, wait a minute, the winner here got 70 points and I got 30 points. Like, what's going on here? Look at their board, see what happened. Maybe watch what happened. Maybe ask. Like, there's no, there's no harm in saying, "Hey, what should my first two or three turns look like?" 
you know, so that I know that I'm not like just failing right from the beginning. Cause there are a lot of games like that where it's like, well, you're just going to fail immediately because you did this one thing. Um, I try to stop people from doing that when I see it, but it's certainly not easy when you're doing a, you know, remote turn-based thing and you can't stop somebody I was gonna from say, doing over the turn. Over like the internet, yeah. They've committed yeah. it. There's no undo. As BGA much as you try those. to match that button. Yeah, it just does not matter. But but that's so the another reason I talked about this because Fletcher, I want you to play Railroad Inc. with us. I you want really you to really want to play Railroad Inc. I He's right, been I'll trying give so hard. <laughs> I think you have the brain for it. I do. I I think I think you have the, <laughs> Thanks, uh, the noggin. Yeah, you have you have the the you know the brain cells to to lay some tracks. Wow. <laughs> Do you have the app on your phone? Uh, the Railroad Inc. app. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah, because it's fun. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but if you don't like the app, then like nothing Chris says is going to convince you that playing with humans is more fun than playing on the app. It's like I, it's it's the same. <laughs> I think it was just. Um, I don't know. I just went into the game like, oh, I know how to play this game. And then a combination of like, I didn't know how to play this game because it was slightly different. Plus some weird wording <laughs> on the web page. I was like, I don't understand what's going on at all. <laughs> well, and that's another thing with the whole idea of a skill cap is it can be very, very intimidating when a game has a high skill cap. And even if you're playing all new players, if one person just understands a piece of the game more than someone else, you're going to start feeling dumb. And I've, I've had this feeling too, right? I'm just like, I have no idea what's going on. I have no idea how this game plays. And if I'm playing in person, I can ask. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Explain how this works. Explain how that works. But if I'm playing remote, I can ask and I I have. But in general, I'm just like, I, I why... Why can't I not wrap my head around this? And it makes you come away saying, I don't like this game. And I, I don't do know think, that that's... though that that's yeah. where trying to find people online. I think that we have so many resources at our fingertips nowadays. You can go watch someone play it on YouTube. You can listen to them explain what they're doing, how to play. You can read forums, you know, like Google your question. Because something I've done that really helps me is so many times when we're playing a game, I'm like, I don't even know if there is a side on these dice that can get me what I need. Because we play so many different expansions and different versions of this game, like sometimes I'll just be like Googling Railroad Inc. Meteor Expansion Dice Sides. What what do I have? Like, (laughs) is there even a a chance that if I put this here, I will find another piece to fit in there. Or if I do that, am I just like taking myself out of the game? You know, there's, we have so many resources available to us that I think, you know, you don't have to play against experts if you are learning from experts online. You know, you don't have to always be in their presence to gain their knowledge that there's so many people who are putting their knowledge out there online. And there is some sorting through and figuring out what is good advice and bad advice that you will have to do. Because, you know, much like myself proclaiming myself good at something, (laughs) that's where everyone's internet credentials come from is, I said I'm good at this, you know? So there's always that balance. But we have so many resources. I say a lot of things. No one should take me seriously. (laughs) <laughs> I say a lot of things and everyone should take me seriously because I'm so <laughs> serious. <laughs> yeah. And, and and also the other thing to think about too is it's fun getting better at something. Um, you know, we both have small kids and Fletcher, I expect you to have a bunch of small kids in the next year or two. I'll let Carmen know. Oh my God. <laughs> and one of the things. A bunch I think of small that we kids try- in the next year or two. <laughs> yeah. Adopt. It's fine. You'll get, you'll get a bunch. Adopt by the, I think they're cheaper if you get like three or four at a time. Um, but one of the things we want to teach our kids is it's okay to be bad at something and keep trying to do it. And kids naturally kind of do this in general in some things. Like they'll be like, they'll just keep trying to do something, but they can get really frustrated and just kind of like flip the table. You know, I'm trying to put this piece in, uh, in this puzzle. It's not working. So they just throw it across the room. And, I don't know that we all grow out of that. 
where this is hard for me. So I just would rather throw these pieces across the room than try to get better at it. Now, I'm not saying that you have to get better at everything. I'm not saying that every game that you're bad at, you should you know keep playing until you're good at. It. Some games are just not fun, and that's fine. Um, you don't have to like everything you play. But at the same time, there is a certain satisfaction in saying, man, I was really bad at this game, and then I got better, and now I'm good. And that feeling by itself, I think, is a... a a reason to play games in the first place. You know, chess is a great example of this where, you know, the first time you play chess against someone who's good, they're going to beat you. And then you start getting better. And then eventually you beat somebody. And that feels great. It feels like, wait a minute, I understand this. I did this and I am better than somebody else, which I don't know if that's the best way to phrase that. But <laughs> but you get the idea, right? I got better. Well, that's why I like some of these games that are more like, multiplayer solitaire or even why I enjoy more like crafting and creating kind of things is because in those situations, my progress is all about me and my progress. And you know, when I'm playing a game, I can look at the number of my score. So I don't care that every time I play Railroad Inc., Chris beats me because I took my score from a 50 (laughs) to a 70. And I don't care that Chris took his score from a 60 to an 80 because I still have that progress of my board is better than my old board. And it applies to sewing or knitting or whatever else it is, is my skill level is increasing. And I can see that progress in a measurable way that a project I made before is not as good as a project I made now. And I've learned from then to here and, and being able to quantify that progress feels really good. And it doesn't have to rely on I beat someone else. It relies on I'm doing better than I did before. And sometimes that is measured by I finally beat Chris and that's really cool. But just having the the measurable, like I'm getting better at this feels great. I love getting better at things. I love learning Getty things. Says, I'm a big nerd. <laughs> Getty says, well said, Kitty. And I agree. Um, question for you, Fletcher. Have you ever gotten better at anything? Oh my god! No, not once. Not once. Not the time I beat you in Azul. Not that time. That's for sure. Uh, I was so bitter about that game. <sighs> not that you beat me, but that I lost. It could have been anyone who beat me. I would have still been bitter. It was doubly worse. It was you, though. <laughs> no, but I, I think Kitty, I, I couldn't agree with you more. It's it's one of those things where. It just feels it feels good to get better. I mean, it, could, it does feel good also to beat a rival, um, friendly or otherwise. But I think one of the best things we can do is teach ourselves, our kids, our family, whoever, how to keep trying something even though we start out being bad at it. And it's one of those things where I like I always am focusing on myself of I want to try something new and. We've talked about this before, where I end up going super deep into everything I tried new because I want to get as good as I can as fast as I can. And I know that I'm going to be bad at first, but I've done this so much over almost, well, we'll say almost over 40 years, um, where I understand what it is to be bad at something. And I'm, I almost am excited about being bad at something because it does leave room for me to like learn something new. It also means I get bored with things I'm good at very quickly. Um, but I don't know. It means the part where like the part where I get most frustrated and where I like either really get into something or don't is the man, I'm still bad at this. <laughs> it's like, you know, there's the you're you would go in expecting to be bad at something, and that's fine. But when there's like this point where like I feel like I'm not making progress, that's the hard part to really push through. And, you know, sometimes I have walked away from things and I'm okay with that. But I'm proud of the things that I have chosen to push through that. I am still bad at this and I'm going to keep trying it anyway. Because those are the the moments where you feel really good. Yeah. Fletcher asked at the beginning of the episode when I asked him to define skill cap, um, are you talking about the game or the person? And so far we've been talking about the game. But I do think it's also worth mentioning different people are going to have different skill caps in different things. You're not always going to be worse than everybody at everything, but there's going to be certain things that other people are going... Actually, 
there will always be someone who's better at you at anything that you're good at. It's just, we have 8 billion people on the planet. One of them's better than you. Um, it's, it's just, that's what it is. And I don't want to say understanding your own limitations is important because I think understanding your own limitations just should help you figure out how to get past those limitations. But understanding where you understand it's like, okay, I'm to a point now where I don't care to be better at this anymore. I would rather go and, and get better at something else. And I think that's okay. Um, I think that, you know, if I'm talking to my kids, I'm not going to let them give up after a few minutes of trying. But if they've, you know, putting together a 20-piece puzzle, you know, Zachary's three years old right now. He's working on a 15-piece puzzle. Um, maybe 20 is too much, but 15-piece puzzle. And at first, he was very frustrated. It was very hard for him to do. And now he'll go break it up, put it together, no problem. Well, the next thing I'm going to do is give him something that's double the number of pieces. And for something like that, I don't want him to give up because it's hard. I want to teach him how to work through that difficulty. But also, if I give him a thousand piece puzzle and he's like, okay, dad, puzzles were fun, but this is just tedious. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. I'm mean, like, okay, we've reached a limit of where you don't want to be better at this thing. You're done with that thing. Um, and I think games are the kind of the same way, right? It's like, you don't have to be, I have um, Great Western Trail up on my screen right now. This is a very complicated game. It's pretty easy to explain how to play, but there's a decent skill cap to this. There's a lot going on here. And at a certain point, you can be like, no, I don't want to analyze this game to the point where I'm going to take it to the next step. I know how to play it. I can play it moderately fine, but I'm not going to be doing statistical analysis on this game as what I'm doing for Hadrian's Wall right now when I'm writing the game, which is why anytime I write a game, I tend never to play it again just because there's so much going into studying that game. It's like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. I've done everything I can do with this game. Um, so I don't know if that's meandering. I actually know it is meandering, but I'm trying <laughs> to make a point there. I don't know if it worked. Did it work? What was the point? I, <laughs> <sighs> I deserve I, that. I think no, the point you're, you're trying to make is it's, it's okay to decide something's not for you. Yeah. Yes. You, there becomes, there's a point in every person where you get decreasing returns on investment for like getting better at a game. And it's like, I don't want to put that much more time into this game to get better, to get marginally better at it. I just don't care anymore. Yeah. Sometimes that's 10 plays. Sometimes that's one play. Sometimes you can <laughs> see the description of take that and you're like, nope, not for me. <laughs> I would say if it is one play, I would hope that it's not because the game's complicated, but the game is a type of game that you already know that you don't enjoy. Yes. You know, if I if I throw a game in front of Kitty and say, "Hey, we're going to play Blood on the Clock Tower." And Kitty's like, "Great. I like trying new games." And then you're like, "Wait a minute. This is just like Werewolf with more complicated rules. I don't like this. I'm not going to play again. But you're just not good at it. No, I don't like these kinds of games. I think that is entirely valid to say, I have the experience to know to back out of this. Um, whereas if I were to throw something that, you know, related, you know, an Azul type puzzle game at you, and you were just really bad on the first play, that one I might say, hey, try it a couple more times, you might end up liking it once you see the strategy. I don't know if you would need to talk me into that. I don't know. <laughs> she wouldn't say that I in love, the first place. If I see a puzzle and I don't do it well the first time, I'm like, oop, give it again. You were talking about how, like, why would anyone want to do a thousand-piece puzzle? I'm like, it's me. I'm the person. I like <laughs> yeah. the thousand-piece puzzles. I am my mother's child, and she has a puzzle table in her house that almost always has a thousand-piece puzzle set up on it at all times. I did two during the pandemic. And I have one that I actually want to do, but no, I probably won't do it. Um, maybe someday. Maybe when the kids are older. I have space now. I'm looking over my shoulder at this big room. I'm like, I could do puzzles again. I didn't used to have space <laughs> to do puzzles. I can just set up a puzzle right there. This can be my puzzle corner. It wouldn't even bother anybody. Yeah. <laughs> it's just where you no go. No one will touch puzzles. my pieces. <laughs> I, I, you know. I'm re-sleeving my Arkham Horror, the card game collection again um, for probably the third time. And, you know, that's what I do instead of puzzles. It's 
both tedious and mind-numbing. Uh, so it's very much exactly like a puzzle. And, you know, so it's it works. Relaxing helps you sleep. <laughs> exactly. It's meditative. I, I do like doing puzzles. I just, there's a lot of other things I'd rather do than than a puzzle. I'm like, I could just buy the, the complete image and, and just hang it on the wall as a poster. But then you don't get to take it apart. Why would you take it apart? You took so long putting it together. So satisfying. I love it. <laughs> do you super glue your Lego together, Chris? I do not. I do not. So, And I will never But do you take them apart? Do that. I have yet to take a set apart, but there are most of the sets I've built I would have no problem taking apart. I just haven't needed the room for it yet. So, <laughs> but yeah, I just, oh, what did I just get? Um, it was Star Wars Day, and there was a bunch of uh, deals. Well, not necessarily deals, but gifts with purchases. So I ended up buying the medium-sized Millennium Falcon. So I'm actually looking forward to putting that one together. Not the big size, just the medium Not the big size, size. yeah. There's, <laughs> there are several sizes of it. Um, this one is the big, but not gigantic. The gigantic one is like $700, and it's just giant. Um, I'm like, no, I don't need that. Not gonna do Did it. Did we talk about um I let my kid watch Star Wars for the first time? <laughs> oh yeah. Wait. Just in case we, we have we it, you gotta repeat that, yeah. that quote. Up oh, yep, um, John's showing the one that I got. Yeah, that's a good one. It's a good <laughs> size. It's a good size. So it's it's about maybe a foot and a half across on the circle. Uh what was the memorable quote that stuck out to you? Because he he said a lot of things when we watched Star Wars for the first time. Oh, the one that Spencer mentioned to me was uh he said when Darth when Luke found out that Darth Vader was his father, oh sorry, spoilers. Um he's <laughs> like something along the lines, but I don't want him to be his dad. Dads are good guys. Yep. <laughs> that's and my kid. That's that's adorable. <laughs> like I'm just like, oh, that's adorable. Uh he said he's gonna have to go find a new dad because that one's bad now. We gotta <laughs> go find a go new to... dad for him. <laughs> yep. I don't know he why he's very excited just... that we have explained that his dad now he gets to be a good guy now by the end of the third yep. movie. Don't worry. <laughs> yep. so, so we watched the original three. It was fun. I liked it. All right. On that note, uh, anything else to add to skill caps? I think this was a moral learning lesson from all of us. Um, <laughs> it feels good to me. Uh, actually, Token Fan does mention like um, they like trying or some likes trying different uh, strategies in Taverns of Tiefen, though, to either find something that works or rule out a strategy that doesn't. And I, I think that that is one way for sure to get better at a game, to increase your skill cap, you know, well, increase your skill level at a particular game. Try different things. If you just try the same thing over and over, you're eventually just going to only be able to do that thing. Um, also mentions that um, Mul- Malcolm Gladwell, and this is a relatively... Um, I think known thing, 10,000 hours of practice is how long it takes to become an expert at something. I think a, that's true. Like if you think about how long 10,000 hours is, if you've done something for 10,000 hours, you're probably really good at it. Now that doesn't mean you're really good at the way you handle it. And you can just look at um, essentially any expert in any field and then find another expert that says, no, that expert's crazy. They've both spent 10,000 hours <laughs> getting good in their particular opinions or skill sets or whatever. Uh, and they know the, their thing better than anyone else. It doesn't mean you're always going to agree, but it does mean you're going to be really good at how you end up doing that. Also, I'm not sure anyone should play any board game for 10,000 hours. There's a lot of board games out there. Split up that time and just be good at board games in general. All right. That's all I got. Um handing it over to you kitty you still have the wrong names in here it's confusing me oh you know who's supposed to do what tabletop game talk is a proud member of the dice tower network you can be part of our live recording monday nights at 8 30 central or join our discord to talk to us all week long both links are in the show notes you can also email us at feedback at tabletopgametalk.com hosting fees and giveaways are sponsored by our patrons if you'd like to be one of these wonderful people you can find out how by visiting our website tabletopgametalk.com and clicking the support us link and there's a link in the show notes too finally a huge thank you to our current patrons Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, The Gifted Games, Sahara Wentworth, Jason Strong, John Lewis, Joe Hoover, Danita Hersey, Jim Conrad, Lightning Steve, Gary Bunker, Peter Fleming, Andrew Fayesh, Sean Williams, Sir Selly, Matthew Droke, Timothy, Paul Romer, Nicholas Lotz, Weatherman Keefe, Joe Punman, Leanne Verholst, 
Stephen Judd, Marina Stevens, Ben Gary, Sean Peck, Michael Yanikowski, Jeremy Fisher, Jason Marks, Christopher Dong, Terrence Miltner, Richard Yassi, Tolkien Fan Forever, Mike, Michael Findley, Findley, David Radke, Brian Arnold, Courtney Falk, Ryan Ellett, Dan C., Darren McClellan, David Garner, Tony Simpkins, Jesse Wheeler, Charles Pearson, Agnes Toth, Ron Nelson, Aaron Moore, Don Gilstrap, Glenn Cotter, Eric Salander, Adrian Dong, Eric Huffman, jo- Jason Rodney, Justin Willard, Jerry Wong, and Sean P. Kelly. And thank you to everyone who's ever been a patron, or even if you're thinking about being a patron. If you're one of those people who's like, you know, these guys are kind of cool. I could throw them a buck a month or something. Thank you, too. Even though you haven't done it yet. Until next week, keep playing games and having fun. So I just started playing a game this week, Keyflower. Um, apparently, this is a very popular series of games. And this is another one that's super brain-burning, where I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing. And I'm just like, okay, I know how the rules work. I have, I have, I, I don't know what the strategy is. I have no idea where to even begin here. And yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm broken. So you hate the game? Um, it's, it's the worst. It's just the worst. I don't know. We're still in round one, so it depends if I win or not. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> are you going to play it again anyway? I think I might play it again. Um, it's ugly. It's just an ugly game. And I think I have a bias against ugly games. Uh, it's Castles of Burgundy all over again. Wow. You know, Damn. they're doing a deluxe version that is supposed to look a whole lot better now, like a 20-year deluxe version or something like that i thought it was all also still green oh <laughs> uh, no so they just recently did like last year a couple years ago they did like a a version and now they're doing a new new version i don't know i haven't looked into it i don't think castle of burgundy is all that great um i think the skill cap though is probably pretty high on that one and it might be that i'm just like this burns my brain to a point that's not fun so i don't like it but if it looks pretty that's one reason that I would come back and play a few more times and, and see if I can get better at it. So shallow. 